Hey, pop stars. Welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us. So, pop stars, have you ever found yourself in a jam that regular law enforcement can't handle and you're not sure how to get out of it? It's not just a regular bond, but it's a super bond. You know, one of those clusterfuck moments. Um, <laughs> well, if so, then call the superhero hotline at one 888 now. Check out the website for more information at superhero.request. So, Tammy, have you ever found yourself in that situation? Or if you could have a hotline to any superhero, DC or Marvel, it doesn't matter, superhero, which one would it be? You know who my superhero would be? Wonder Woman? Heck yeah. You're calling her no matter what it is. I'm calling her no matter what it is. I like that. Like, she would be kind of cool, but could you do it like with a clusterfuck be if you're trying to figure out if your man's cheating on you and you'd have her use that lasso or two? Or would it have to be like a 911 situation? Like if you called her for that, would you get fined or you know? I feel like if I got if I got a um connection to a superhero, then you should be coming because we obviously friends. <laughs> <laughs> so you should just be coming for anything I call because I ain't gonna call you for nonsense. So if I call you to check to see if my man is cheating on me, then that that's something real because I'm about to kill him and I'm gonna need you to <laughs> save him. So you call? Oh, in that case, you need Captain Sabo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got you. I got you. I don't know who I would call. Like, I I think I just kind of keep them all on standby for just any given situation because I feel like you know some would be better equipped maybe to help you than others. You know, if it's if it's something that where um it might have a morally gray area, then you know, I'm gonna let um the one I would not call would be Superman's old square ass. Since <laughs> you get a lecture now, you know this is not what yeah, yeah. If it's something morally gray where the lines are kind of crossed with Batman some one, you know. So but um, I think that would be cool, though, really, to be able to have a, a, a hotline to a superhero. Yeah. All right. Uh, this week, we get a hero origin story with the Blue Beetle. Um, Jaime, Re- excuse me, Jaime Reyes is a recent college grad who returns home with one goal, to get a good job and help save his family home. Things seem to be off to a good start when he meets billionaire heiress Jenny Cord, who promises to help him with the job, but she gives him something so much more valuable an ancient alien scarab that chooses Jaime as its symbiotic host, bestowing upon him immeasurable power in the mantra of the Blue Beetle. So, Tammy, what did you think of this origin story? Was it hero-worthy, or does it need a can of Raid? <laughs> Not a can of Raid. <laughs> um, I actually liked it. I, I, did, I did enjoy it. I would just say, um, to watch Blue Beetle... Um, you have to take off your Marvel colored glasses. Um, I think that it was a good origin story, um, origin movie on kind of uh, starting a franchise. I don't know if it was the best way to go in this new um, Marvel Universe realm that we have um, where people just want huge, big, gigantic um, so I don't know if it necessarily um, did as well in this um, universe that uh, has been created, 
but I actually really, really enjoyed it because it also kind of goes back to how some of the origin or some of the origin stories were for Marvel as well as DC um, in their prime uh, that really, really connected. And I was interested. And it also kind of gave me the same feel as Shazam because I really, really enjoyed Shazam, um, the first Shazam that came out. And I actually enjoyed Blue Beetle as well. What about you, Eddie? Uh, me too. It was really good. Um, and you know me, uh, representation matters. So I really love seeing a Latino superhero. Um, and I love, um, I really wasn't familiar. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to apologize to, uh, to steal from Shaq, to coin the line from Shaq. I'm gonna have to apologize to Blue Beetle because I really wasn't familiar with your game before, you know. Um, so before the movie, I, I, I wasn't familiar, but I, I agree. It was a great origin story. Um, and it did kind of take you back to the days of old where you can kind of get into um, a hero and see where they came from without an introduction in another movie or series. And then people just kind of expecting you to know who they are and kind of they just kind of pick it up from there. So I think it was really great standalone. Um, I and I hate that it came out when it came out at this particular time during the writer strike, the actor strike, because. I really think, I mean, it did okay, but I think it would have done so much better if it would have had the promotion that it deserved, um, especially from its stars. I think um, that, you know, it, it deserved that. It needed that. And um, I hope that the powers that be at the new WB, uh, Warner Brothers, Zasloff and his, I don't know, I can't even but uh, I hope that Zazloff and Gunn, because I think this was the last movie that was officially produced under the old regime. Um, so I'm, let me just say I'm happy that it did not that they did not do it like they did Batgirl, um, and, and that they allowed it to come out. And I think, from my understanding, that this is kind of the way that uh, Gunn wants to rebuild uh, the DC world is start off with the smaller, lesser known. Um, kind of uh, superheroes in it before he goes into well even though they've unofficially officially recast Superman so he has a Superman and all that and um, that's a different story for a different day but so I really hope that we do get to see the Blue Beetle grow and progress in this new DC realm I think um, from what we've seen or from what I saw in, the, in, in, in this movie it deserves that that room to grow and that room to breathe um, and to create a, a universe um, around this, you know, especially um, since The Flash, uh, that was the movie that they probably should have put on, um, went straight to streaming or whatever. But anyway, um, so what did you like about the movie? Did, uh, uh, what did you, what were some, some of the things that you enjoyed about Jaime's uh, story, Jaime Reyes's origin story? Um, so I liked how authentic it was. I think that I'm really getting into um, really liking authentic characters because I think I've said this like multiple times for like past shows um, that we uh, reviewed uh, and rated. So it's like the authenticity. I loved his family. I was like, I may not have always agreed with the nonsense. <laughs> that went on in his family but I thought that it was 
a very real way to look at an immigrant family, um, a Mexican, they were Mexican, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, to look at a Mexican family living in America, um, then him getting these powers and them just automatically supporting him and like trying to figure out like, what are we doing? How are we going to get this done? Um, they kind of skipped over. They're like, oh my gosh, like, um, like what's going on kind of moment. And it was just like, everybody was just like, okay, we got to protect him. Like we have to um, protect um, Jaime and, you know, just kind of figure out like how we're going to do this. And then when they all band together and grandma was like, okay, cause it was real sad about pop up. Um, really, really sad. And when grandma went up to them and she was just like, we are going to have to cry later right now we have to go get my grandson. And I was just like, okay, grandma. I said, go ahead and get your boy. Um, so I love that it was entertaining that there wasn't, I don't think that there were slow moments or at least I didn't notice slow moments. Like I felt like everything had a purpose um, to the storyline. I love the ending um, of it when everybody kind of showed up. Although I was like, where were y'all when these people was attacking the family? But let's 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 move on uh but i loved how everybody like came together at the very end to like help them and was like okay we're gonna rebuild because the neighborhood's here to help us rebuild and um and i thought susan sarandon did a great job of being a villain because i hated her guts and i'm not even really a fan of hers anyway so she just made me hate her even more <laughs> if that makes uh, sense it does <laughs> Um, I have to agree with you. Um, I loved, I loved his family. They were like grandma was a G. Like grandma <laughs> stole, grandma stole the show. Like I, I even wrote down. I know it's not gonna happen, but you know how you get those little spinoff, little graphic novels or little. I'm like, I could do with, I could do with grandma's origin story back in the days when she was fighting the revolution and shit. Like, <laughs> you know, that tapped into grandma's old gangster mm-hmm. side. <laughs> it's like, you know, grandma was wilding out. Then she kind of got married. Cause at one point when, it, when she said the love of my life, and they were like, grandpa, she looked and she goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a woman with a story or two to tell. Um, so I love that. Um, but yeah, grandma was gangster. And I thought, you know, and that just kind of, that kind of goes to show what you said about her, um, our resilience, women of color, um, black and brown. Um, we, we seem to have this resilience about us where, you know, like you said, pop, pop, it was sad. And it came to that time and place. Like we can't give into this sadness now, you know, and it, it, it kind of goes to how even now, how we still have to, how we live, how we have to think about things and compartmentalize things. It's like, I don't have time for this breakdown. I know it's going to come, but I can't do it now because if I break down now, I don't know how I'm going to stop the waterworks. Like I, I ain't got time for this shit right now. Break down. Mm-hmm. I know you come. But I'm gonna have to push you to the side so so when so I get a moment to breathe because I got shit to do in the meantime. And that's what and that and I was like that part hit home because I was like, yeah, I felt that like what just happened was fucked up. That's my son. I'm going to mourn him. We are all going to mourn him, but we cannot do that now. We don't have time for that now. We've got to go save Hyman now. And after that, because after you know, after all of it was done, she said. And now we cry. And I'm like, I felt that. I like that hit me in the feels. I was like, yeah, 
Yeah. That I and I was just like, I guess that's just one of those universal women of color type things. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, um, having to be strong to carry that mantle. Um, and I agree with you. And um, I think I don't know. Um, obviously not, but I don't know if studio heads or whoever they're listening to the people who don't want all of this AI prescriptive algorithm type stuff. Uh, we're tired of those movies. We want movies with authenticity, with characters that we can relate to. And a computer can't do that. It can't give you human characters where you see the humanity in them, you know. And I think also, like you said, it would kind of skip over that whole, wow, what is happening type thing. And it's like, because I think, you know, just ingrained in some of our cultures and heritage, we, we believe in um, the supernatural to a extent where we know that there's a po- there's a power higher than ours, you know. So, um, and if you study the uh, ancient Egyptians and you know they were mono they were not monotheistic they were polytheistic and they had all these g- gods and different things and different powers and stuff that they believed in. So I don't think the the whole especially when you learned that the scarab was from um, had an ancient alien type quality. I don't think it it freaked them out too much and. Uh, and I, I also think probably because everything was happening so fast, they didn't really have time to sit there and go, what the, you know, it was like, okay, this thing is in me. I want it out. How am I, how are we going to solve that? Um, but yeah, I, so I love the family. Um, I also thought it was cast perfectly. Like uh, Zolo Marginuena is his name. Um, and he played Jaime Reyes and I loved it. Like I, I also loved his sister. His sister was the queen of keep it real. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so I, I, I love that. And, you know, and it dealt with the realness of the gentrification in a corporate billionaire. And I think the one place, and you were right, there really weren't any slow things. And I, 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 when you said it about Susan Sarandon, I agree with you. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of hers. Um and but I don't know. I I wasn't overly impressed with her role as a villain. You know, I thought about the other villains that we've seen this year, um, the other great villains, and I was like, she didn't quite compare. Um, I'm glad she played the villain because I didn't have to pretend to like make a stretch. But maybe, and and so I'm gonna say maybe my opinion of her performance it was clouded by my own personal bias um and not being a big fan but I thought she was really kind of car and I know this is gonna sound weird considering it's a superhero movie but I thought maybe her performance was maybe even a little too cartoony or too phoned in or something she just didn't like the whole I thought the person that I could have seen playing that role maybe would have been Sharon Stone like and I guess that's my point is like anybody could have played that role to me it wasn't just something that was prescribed. Like, unlike Jason Momoa, um, his role in the Fast in the Fast and the Furious movie this year, I was like, that was him. Like, it was made for him. Like, he made it his own. And how over the top he was. Remember, we talked about how it just worked, and he was like the best part of the movie. Um, and for this, it was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. So I don't know, but I agree with you. It's the part of she put they had her cast as the right role. Um, I just I, I, I just could have taken 
or left her in the role <laughs> of the villain. Um, so it really didn't, it didn't matter to me. Um, I loved Paul Rodriguez. I, um, and I, I loved him. And I was like, the taco truck. And I'm like, oh. And when he caught the Tacoma, I'm like, the taco. And I was like, oh, the Tacoma. So I kid you not, every since I've seen this movie and every time I see a Tacoma, I'm like, oh, a taco truck. Oh, you mean the uncle? Yeah. Oh. I'm George Lopez. I don't know why I said Paul Rodriguez. Excuse me. George oh, Lopez. Because I was looking like, who's Paul Rodriguez? And I was Did like, I that's the woman. No, no, George Lopez. Forgive me, George Lopez. Um, Yes, the uncle, the taco truck. I loved him. I, like I said, everyone's just perfectly cast and they played their role so well. But yeah. Um, what did you think about uh, Jennifer? Or did you like her? Take her, leave her? Uh, I will say that I actually liked her. Um, she didn't take up too much space in my mind. Um, like, I knew, like, she was going to be the romance. And so, like, you knew that was coming. That goes back to the authenticity. Like, it's kind of like, you know, they all have a love interest. You Like, you automatically knew she was going to be the love interest. How it was going to play out is how it was going to play out. Um, I do not think that she was a hindrance to the storyline at all. And I like that. Like, she fit very, she fit in very well. And that's another thing going towards his family dynamic and how much I enjoyed that. Because once they realized that she was on their side, she, she, she was fully in the family. Like, they mm. automatically embraced her and took her in and was just like, oh, now you you part of us. Like, you you one of us, all right? Um, so what we do, you gonna do. And I love that. Like, that, that goes back to, like, giving a family feel because you got to realize she didn't have any family. Like, the only family she did have was her aunt and, you know, she was the villain. You know, she was the one doing all the bad stuff. And so I really did enjoy. I was just like, is she going to end up being a superhero as well? Because I, I, I was getting a little bit of a, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp vibe um, from her. So I was just like, does she turn into a su superhero as well? And that's the future, depending on, you know, if they give a second one. But, yeah. But I did enjoy her. Yeah. Um I, I I did too, and like you said, it she it was very. You knew she was going to be the love interest, like you said, but it wasn't prescribed. It wasn't like oh, just waiting. I wasn't. Even though the tropes were there, I wasn't just checking them off. I wasn't mentally making a checklist like sometimes. Um, I watched a movie last night where it was way predictable, and I was just checking off. Like it seemed like they have the they have the checklist of movie tropes for this type mm -hmm. of movie. And it seems like they just went down the, down the line and checked yep, it check, off. Check the boxes. Yeah. And so I wasn't, even though you, you knew, I wasn't doing that with this. It was like, okay, um, her connection to them was very authentic. And again, like I said, um, representation matters because it's just some things like, you know, and that's how we are. Once you're in with us, you're in with us, your family, you know? I, we know, yeah, this 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 person trying to ruin the world and basically trying to kill my son, uh, our son, it, you know, and gentrifying our neighborhood and all that shit. We know you're related, but you prove to us you're not her and you're not with her. So now you're with us, you know, um, and they didn't and they didn't hold that against her. Um, and like I said, I didn't know. I don't know. Um, the original Ant-Man and the Wasp, I, I, I agree with you. 
Um, but I don't know enough about the series itself to say whether or not she uh, becomes a superhero. But I also like the fact that she isn't just, um, how do I put this? She's not a Lois Lane type where she's always going to be the damsel in distress. Oh, yeah. That's- um, right know, there with him. <laughs> yeah, like Lois gives, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like Lois gives us, oh, she's this badass independent journalist, but every time something goes wrong, she has to call Superman to save her, even though she doesn't have superpowers and you know Superman is going to be there. But she was right in the thick of things, even though she didn't have superpowers, you know. Um, she, 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 she had her own thing. She was a tech. She, she, she's into the technology. She, her dad, she knew her dad's secret, you know, so mm-hmm. that didn't come across. Um, she, she actually is the one who got the shenanigans started when she stole the scarab, you know. Um, and so it was like, you get a feeling that she's more involved than just being the pretty love interest. She wasn't just there for eye candy. And I really, really, um, or, you know, the, the pretty girl on his arm, who's always going to play the damsel in distress. It's like she knew more about what was going on than they did at times, and I love that. Um, so Jaime in the Scarab, uh, Khadijah, or I can't, yes, Khadijah, uh, Khad, whatever, we're just going to say Khadijah. KD, the Scarab. Um, <laughs> I, I, love, I, I love the connection. I love um, the relationship because it really was like a relationship. You know, they were saying that the scarab only chooses people that it thinks or knows will not basically add living here, will not basically abuse its powers, people that it can feel at one with, right? Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning, even though they didn't quote unquote know each other, the scarab always was protective of him. And I, I loved how at first, when we first saw the scarab and the talking, it was in Arabic or whatever, right? Uh, even though the scarab spoke English, but then as they became more comfortable with each other and they got to know each other, and as the symbiosis started taking place, you saw the little things like that transformation, especially at the end where Jaime was just welling on the big dude. You know, I can't remember the big dude's name, but when Jaime was welling on the red beetle, because he that's what he becomes that super giant, whatever. Um, yeah, Terrapax. And she goes, no, he's down. He's down. You got to stop. And he was, he kept wailing on him. She goes, Jaime, we don't kill. We don't kill. And I'm like, that's when you saw like the 180, because at first he was telling the scarab, we don't kill. No, stop. You know, <laughs> like, can we go? And when the, when the scarab would come out with a weapon, he's like, can we go a little less lethal? So you see that, that 180. And then the part where she starts speaking in Spanish, I was like, oh my gosh this is so cute (laughs) like I loved it and so I just loved like and it kind of showed like um that it's like okay they were forced together at first or I chose you but then you you kind of see how the influence that they have on each other because at one point I was thinking all right is the beetle going to take over like is he going to become fully possessed with this thing and it's like this the, the whole symbiotic relationship you just saw I just liked how we got to see that transform and, tr- and grow. What about you? Um, and I think that was the case. Like if he hadn't um, been as firm in his morals and his values, then he could have been taken over 
um, by the beetle. He, he could have been taken over by the foreign object. But instead, I do like that um, there was uh, influence. And once you said it, like I noticed it as well, the language changed based on the connection that they had. So the more they meshed together or they merged, um, the more that uh, the Beatles' personality was based on what um, it was taught by um, by by him, and so I re I really did um, like that. I found that was funny. I didn't even know um, that was Becky G. Did you know that was Becky G? I saw that Becky G was. In, I'm like, where did I miss Becky G? But no, I did not know that she was the voice of the scarab. Yeah, because I can't. I kept wanting to go like, where, where was she? I was like, did she just have a mini role? And I think, and and see, and that goes back to the whole. I hate that they did not get a chance to go out and promote this movie. You know, um, I think it did really well, uh, just for what it for it coming out with no with minimal to no promotion. Um, also, kind of getting word of mouth out there. But because I, I kept wondering, I was like, where the hell was Becky G in this movie? Did I miss her? Because she was the voice of the scarab. Okay, I didn't mm -hmm. know that. She was. And so, like, learning that, and I was just like, okay, Becky G. Because I was like, every time I, because ever since Power Rangers, I have, like, wanted to, and granted, I know, like, she focuses more on her music career. Um, that's where her focus is. But I've wanted to see her more in um, in roles. And granted, we didn't see her face. But a role is a role. And I was very, I was very happy about that. So, yeah. So, it was Becky G that um, was the voice of it. So, it was just really, I don't think she, she well, you know what? Let me not say I don't think she did the Arabic because she could have. Um but yeah, she was definitely the voice. And so, like I said, I really loved the merging and how he influenced the Beatle, but the Beatle also influenced him. Mm -hmm. And and he became more confident. He became um, stronger. All right. And he realized that he had to work with the Beatle. Like, yeah. it wasn't automatic. Like, you, you, you got to figure out how y'all are going to work together. So that was definitely an enjoyable part of it. Yeah, and I love, like, how, you know, um, and, and like I said, from the beginning, the Beatle was very protective of him, and it kind of it kind of goes back to, because, you know, the Beatle would live on, but it's, like, the only way to get the Beatle out of the host is for the host to die, and so I was like, oh, is that, does that explain why, you know, it the beetle was so because it chose him. Like he just opened the thing, and it could have gone to anybody in that room. And um, the uh, the but it evil went to lady, him. yeah, yeah, and the evil lady had it um, before Jennifer stole it, and you know, so it could have, it could, it's been, it was in a lot of different hands before it got to him, and he accidentally opened what was it, the Burger King box, or I forgot what box it was in. It was in some fast food box. Um, yes. And so I was like, but it, it did choose him. And then it, you understood why. And it's like, okay. Um, so that that was really cool. Um, but yeah. Um, I, so the, her dad, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, did you see the after, the, did you see the after credit scene? Who is her dad? 
Her dad was the original Blue Beetle. No, no, no. I know that. But who's playing her dad? Oh, I don't know who's going to play her dad. Um, That's why I kind of hope, though, because I'm going to have to do you hope for a sequel? I do. Like I, I said, too. like, I, I really enjoyed it. And um, I liked, I like going back to, and I'll keep saying it, it's my new favorite word right now, authenticity. And it's not a a drone or because I feel like Marvel has become and don't kill me because I enjoyed the movies just as much but it's Marvel has become like Fast and, the Fast and the Furious series on you're just making movies to make movies now mm-hmm. like there's no purpose to it and we discussed this when we reviewed um, the last Fast and the Furious there's really no purpose to it it's literally just doing bigger than before right and I think that Marvel has definitely gotten gotten into that. And I think they're recognizing that. And they're trying to um, tame it down. They're trying to go back. But how much can you when it's what is now fully expected of you? Like, you've already set yourself up. And so it's really, really nice not to see that in a superhero movie. Like, to see to get the feelings that you got when you watched the first Iron Man, to get the feelings that you got when you watched the first uh, Captain America, um, to get the feelings Black that Panther. you got. Huh? Black Panther. When, when you got Black Panther, um, especially with the representation, right? Because um, mm-hmm. I was promoting, I was telling everybody, I said, go see it. I said, it's great. Mexican-American family, y'all. <laughs> um, but um, to get that feeling, now, granted, I will, because I'm just so loyal to her, but even to get the feeling of representation that you got when you watch Black Panther, but also Wonder Woman and, yeah. the, and the success of it. And I think th- that's different. It's, it's, it's a different feel than what superheroes we've been currently getting. And that even goes back to The Flash. Like, The Flash is more on what Marvel is now, kind of, um, on just, like, the promotion and, and how they've, like, presented it. Um, compared to what Blue Beetle was. And so I really, really love that. Like, they made me want to see it, but I didn't feel like it was in my face constantly, if that makes any sense. Like, I didn't really see, like, the trailers all the time in my face. Now, it could partly be because I don't watch that much TV like that, but um, but I'm on YouTube a lot, and it still didn't show up. And, you know, and I had it on my calendar and everything like that for it to come out. And so I, I really liked that it wasn't, like, in my face all the time, but I was still interested in going and seeing it. And, and, and there are two things about that. There are two ways to look at that. Like, part of it, three ways, I guess. Part of it was because of the writers, because uh, of the actors and writers' strike. Um, and the promotion route, but on the other hand, it's like I, I still think even though the actors couldn't get out and promote the movie, they could have the, the studio itself, especially when they made the decision to still put it out and not push it, they could have done a better job of promoting it just because it deserves it so much, you know? Um, and I, again, I think it, it's a great character-driven story, and I agree with you going back to those originals. And I will also have to say, it's probably why the Spider-Man series is so popular, even amongst the big Marvel spectacle. Because I agree with you, as much as I love superhero movies, sometimes it feels like going back to that checklist that we spoke about earlier, you know. Um, and now for me, sometimes it's more or less of going out of habit 
than it is out of really wanting to see it. Um, and it so makes segments. Yeah. So I don't miss a part. So because I'm invested in the story now to a certain extent, but where's the story going? Because sometimes I feel like I have to watch everything because of the Easter eggs and the connections through others. Um, I am looking forward to the Marvels coming out though in November, um, you know, just because I, I am, and like you said, representation and it matters and I want to support. So, but that's something different, but yeah. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. It, it is so character driven and it tells a story and it, it, it has representation. Like this is a different type of checklist where it meets all of those things for people who want to get back to the time, the simpler time, the more character, not the big, uh, not the big AI uh, computer generated green green screen graphics and all of that kind of stuff. Not saying they weren't in here, but it was more about the characters. It was more about the story. It it, it, it told a story. And, and I love that. You know, it wasn't trying to name drop all these different superheroes um, to, to make a connection to a wider universe. It wasn't too busy trying to fit in some random gym um, or Easter egg that connects to a different, si to, connects to a different series, so forth and so on. Um, and so, you know, and, and so I think we need to get back to that. But yeah, um, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that you see this movie. Um, I've recommended it to everyone I could think of, too. I'm like, hey, Blue Beetle is really, really good. And I just want them to go see it. Sorry, I, I apologize for interrupting. No, go ahead. Um, but I just want them to really see it for the representation part. Yeah. Like we, we, we push, we push that. Like I want their, like, like how we came out for Black Panther. Like I want that, like I, I want them to come out for Blue Beetle. So I went and talked to like, I talked to, um, we had, um, some helpers, um, as we were preparing for the new year and I was just like, yo, go see Blue Beetle. And they were like, why? And I was just like because it's about a Mexican-American family and the, and one of them is a superhero, like representation. I said, go see your people. I was just like, support. And so I'm like, I'm like go and watch this movie just for representation, representation alone. Like sit you behind in the theater and just watch it for representation because it's about a superhero that is Mexican-American. Just like we promote when um, Miles Morales came out um, in the Spider-Verse. And this was a... Hispanic black kid, okay, and different from Tom Holland. I said you got to go see it. Just just sit in the theater and just watch. It, it don't matter if you want to see it or not. Because everybody know I don't do cartoon movies, but I went to go see it, and I don't do cartoon. Movies. I don't do. Cartoon I loved movies. it. No, I no, I'm, but I'm not saying it was bad because I actually enjoyed it as well. But if I like, or like I just I don't go. Like I just don't do cartoon movies. I just say that. But I went anyway, and I definitely enjoyed it, but it's just for representation. I have been promoting it and telling everybody to go see it just because you want to show that those movies sell, that people are interested in seeing themselves on the big screen. Because if yeah. you don't show that in the success of these movies, they stop doing these movies because they think this is not what we want. And, and that's the whole thing. Let me get off my soapbox now, my bad. No, and I get it. And, and again, I go back to, I really hate that it came out when it came out during this actor strike because the actors didn't get a chance to go promote the movie. Um, 
the studio did shit by it as far as promoting it to like even and this is just me um even if the actors if i've made the decision to put it out there and i spent the money the move the, the money and it's on a calendar um i'm going to promote it i'm going to put do at least do some tv runs for it and some stuff like that but and again, it, 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 you know, it begs the question, why wasn't it promoted the way that they still could have done for the studios? Granted, they're not promoting a lot, some of the movies, but I, I still think it, it should have gotten more of a, of a pub run, of a, of a PR run um, from the studio since they made the decision to continue to put it out there. That's just me. But um, I, I agree. You know, I'm all about representation. I'm all about seeing people of color in these roles, and I want to continue to see people of color in these roles. Um, I'm ready for the Asian American superhero, the Asian superhero. We have her, I guess, in Miss um, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. But, you know, still continue to see uh, us, people of color, in all these different roles that we can do these things to, that we, you know, we want to, we want to see ourselves represented on screen in different genres and, and different roles and taking the lead in certain things. And, you know, it's kind of like we have to work twice as hard and we have to make just as much money to get another shot at doing this, you know. And that's why I say I hope that the powers that be, um, that idiot dude who runs uh, the WB, um, I hope he doesn't hold the numbers and the performance against it. You have to consider everything that was going on when you decided to release this movie. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm -hmm. Um, saying that, I really do hope we get a sequel, and that leads to the next question. I want to know what happened to her dad. I want to know who the ghost of the machine is. I want to know who they're going to see, who they're going to get to play her dad. I, I want because I I kind of knew her dad wasn't exactly dead, but I'm like, damn, did he get trapped in the computer? Like, where is he? So that that I think that would probably be a great story to tell. Um, in the second one, is how, what happened to her dad? What happened to the original Blue Beetle? Um, you know. And and how is it, is it going to tie back to her aunt? Did her aunt have something to do with it or what have you? But yeah. So what is something you hope to see for the sequel? Um, on, on like kind of piggybacking off of what you said, uh, does her her dad, once they get him out, is he going to have powers? Yeah. Since he's been in the game for a while, is he going to come out with powers um, is he going to come out evil? Like, is he going to come out good? Um, so that would be really, really interesting, interesting to see how the original Blue Beetle, um, plays into, um, the new Blue Beetle. And how does he feel that the Scarab chose him? Like, didn't he briefly have the Scarab, but he could never get it to open? No, his friend, his, yeah, he, he, he had it in his possession, but the, Blue Beetle only chose what was it like one of his friends or something like that yeah so how would he feel knowing that like and, and I think that would be so interesting like there's so much you could play on that story um, so I, I really would hope to see it. I, I, like I said I hope we get a great sequel and if you if you want to kind of base your new world um, the foundation on these lesser known characters and not just keep on with the bat well, although we are getting another Batman or whatever which I, I think is great but anyway um, I, I, I would love to see that okay so what are you rating Blue Beetle you got anything else before I just set us up to the rating no let's go to rating okay. what, are you, what are you rating how many popcorns are you giving to Blue Beetle 
Um, so I am going to give the Blue Beetle four popcorns. Like I said, I actually really enjoyed it. I love that it gave me the feeling of how superheroes movies were um, at the beginning of the Marvel Universe, um, even giving me kind of the feeling of how it was when I watched Wonder Woman um, and just wondering like what's going to happen next and really wanting a sequel. So four popcorns, really, really good. Enjoy it. I suggest that everybody goes and gives it a shot. What about you, Eddie? I agree. Great minds think alike. I got four popcorns. Um, and I, I hope we get a chance to see more of Jaime Reyes in the Blue Beetle story. Um, the sense of nostalgia is a great character-driven um, storytelling. Um, it even works in superhero movies and comic book movies. Um, I think, you know, I think we forget that, not just in comic book and superhero movies, but a lot of movies, especially... Um, this genre and the action thriller genre, sometimes we forget that it's not just about shoot them up, kick their ass, bang, 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 you know, <laughs> say a couple of words, but actually there, it needs to be story and character based. Those are the ones that are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I agree with you. All right, then. Well, I guess that does it for this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. Please be sure to like, listen, comment subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast bookmark us keep us up so you know you can hit up in the notifications when we publish um you can also keep up to date on the latest entertainment pop culture news as well as other amazing kernels of pop culture goodness at the popcornwindown.com i will be honest and say i gotta go back and update that for y'all i I, i'm there i know i know i know your girl's been slacking but i had a lot going on in the mental but it's getting good I'm, i'm back i'm back Anyway, that's it. That's the plug. Um, pop, 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 pop. Thank you as always. And be sure to join us next week when we review. I'm looking forward to this. Red, White, and Royal Blue. There's a book also if you want to read the book before you check out the, uh, the movie. Streaming currently on Prime. Um, I, you've already watched it, right? Yes. And you read the book? I did. Okay, I, I, I'm going to save that conversation. I have not read the book, um, but I, I am going to watch it. Um, so I, I'm going to save that conversation until next time. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye. Peace. <laughs>